I think we can all agree it's been a long campaign. But tomorrow, you get to pick our next president. So here are a few things that I hope you'll think about. First, it's not just my name and my opponent's name on the ballot. It's the kind of country we want for our children and grandchildren. Is America dark and divisive or hopeful and inclusive? Our core values are being tested in this election. But everywhere I go, people are refusing to be defined by fear and division. Look, we, we all know we've come through some hard economic times and we've seen some pretty big changes, but I believe in our people. I love this country and I'm convinced our best days are still ahead of us if we reach for them together. I wanna be a president for all Americans, not just those who support me in this election, for everyone, because we all have a role to play in building a stronger, fairer America. The second thing I want you to know is this. I will work my heart out as president to make life better for you and your family. We won't always get it right, but you can count on this. I've never quit and I never will. I'll get up every day determined to keep America safe and strong and make our economy work for everyone, not just those at the top. And finally, working for children and families has been the cause of my life but it's never been more important than it is right now. This has to be our mission together, to give our kids and every American the chance to live up to their God-given potential. So tonight, I'm asking for your vote. And tomorrow, let's make history together. I'm Hillary Clinton, and one last time, I approve this message. is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interest, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. The political establishment that is trying to stop us is the same group responsible for our disastrous trade deals, massive illegal immigration, and economic and foreign policies that have bled our country dry. The political establishment has brought about the destruction of our factories and our jobs as they flee to Mexico, China, and other countries all around the world. It's a global power structure that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. The only thing that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The only force strong enough to save our country is us. The only people brave enough to vote out this corrupt establishment is you, the American people. I'm doing this for the people and for the movement, and we will take back this country for you, and we will make America great again. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. 
Welcome. This is an individual perspective podcast moment. I'm your host, Darius D. McKinney. Let's get started. Okay, this is November 7th, 2016, one day before the 2016 presidential election with our final two nominees, Hillary Rodham Clinton versus Donald J. Trump. Um, It's been messy. Look, I'm going for Donald Trump. I hope he wins. I think it would be a great thing for our country and, and it will be a great thing for each and every single citizen to start evaluating their failures and their success and really take some ownership of their actual accomplishments or their failures. But um, I don't want to get too much into that. Most likely what I've seen Hillary Clinton, she most likely going to win. I'm hoping that I'm wrong. It's been brutal for Donald Trump. He, his brand has suffered so bad. He has lost $1.4 billion in revenue. That's a guarantee mark that they know in cash that he would have had. Plus, he put about a couple hundred million dollars running his own campaign because he didn't have any donors or any special interest group that would help him out. And he had the American people send, you know, $64, $35 a piece to keep him afloat. This is an election to show that most of the American citizens, they will vote against themselves. One thing that I learned from President Obama's administration, first, I want you to understand, and I got to keep saying this because I am a black American and I'm hard on Obama. I'm not nowhere getting started yet with with the truth that I want to point out about President Obama. But I want you to understand, I voted for President Obama both times, 2008 and 2012. 2012, I kind of knew how much of a, how can I say, a illogical peers or let's say um i kind of knew how much that his policies his work ethic and his administration was was going to be based on his illogical point of view and it wasn't going to be the person that was the drive that got him into the right places to be nominated for president of the united states of america but One thing about President Obama's presidency is that he let me know how much any American citizen with a decent head on their shoulders and knowing the right people to get them into the certain circles can be president. Obama's no genius. I don't believe that he's an intellectual savant. I just don't believe that he's that, you know, philosophical. I really just don't. I watched everything he did. I watched all his press conference, all his speeches. Every time he passed a bill or went through some kind of different thing in legislation, I followed that. I read the bills. I really did my duty of making sure that I respected President Obama's presidency and the opportunity to have a black American president in the history book. 
I really respected that and I felt that it was my duty as a black American to really understand or at the least be accountable for his presidency because he's the first black American president. No one would be able to give me any information about President Obama's presidency because I, I wasn't um, ignorant to it. I, I made sure that I was very competent to it and very alert to it and I informed myself and I learned and I was there to take in any information that he was passing on. And I'm telling you, man, one thing I learned about his presidency is that anyone could be president. Anyone. Any one of the citizens in this country can be president. You just got to believe in yourself enough and you got to be able to get in the right circles. Now, to get in the right circles, that takes some major plotting, sometimes funded into like you, you, you got to have your parents. Hopefully your parents think so highly of you that they're willing to fund you to go to the right schools. It's not that you're going to learn something totally different in education from a low income school. It's the kind of quality of excellence that different schools install into students. That's the difference. When President Obama, he went to a school in his grade school, middle school and high school years that the actual teachers, the actual community, the actual students, they were invested in each other's success. And that's why it's important to raise your kids in a school that's in the suburbs because it's, it's the suburbs. Most likely everybody that's in your neighborhood are success or they, they have a certain productivity drive that allow for them to be in a more expensive housing area. And it's just a domino effect with that. So that put him in the right circles and had the right friends and put him in the right social environment where when it came to him knowing how to get into to certain social circles for advancement and certain different things in his life he knew exactly how to do it because he grew up like that so he knew the codes he knew the signs to understand like who's the player in the game that he needed to connect with so i don't want to get too lost in translation with that situation because that's a bigger conversation it's not in either one of his books you know there's no game in any, either one of those books in his books he tells you stories from different things in, that went on in his life but he doesn't formulate it so you're gonna have to have common sense and understand where the codes are in the different scenarios that he was in because he doesn't really point it out um, so I, mean, I don't really want to get caught up in that. What I want to talk about is that one thing that President Obama presidency showed me was that anyone could be president. But it also showed me how ignorant the American people are as a whole. I can't wait to see the numbers of this election because it's going to let me know how bad our country is. How bad is is the demographics and the actual objectivity analysis is in our country. We found out that CNN and Jake Tapper and Wolf Blitzer, they were during the primaries and election, they kind of was passing notes to how to attack and how to better arm Hillary Clinton and attack the Republican. Republican Party members or candidates for more advancement or even for better perception to be given towards Hillary Clinton. So we found out that more people inside that um, network that were doing behind the scenes information with the Clinton campaign. But um, it let you know that CNN is um, not to be trusted 
But I got a bad news for you. If you really paid attention to this election, which you should have, this was a landmark. This was a landmark. The media as a whole have compromised themselves. And they have compromised themselves to a place where to trust them again would be utter foolish. When you're looking at someone like Hillary Clinton, she's been fighting her whole life to become the first female president. She's been busting her butt. She's been taking a lot of ridiculous, passive aggressive, angry things coming from her husband. She's been um, kind of um, taking backhand things from even her own political party that pushed her aside for President Obama. So... This is her time and everything, every news organization, believe it or not, Fox News, when the choice came, do you want the country to be a government beholden to the people or do you want the people to be beholden to the government? When the choices came and that's what Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton represent. Hillary Clinton represents the people been beholden to the government. They need the government. The government gives them more. The government gives them purpose. The government gives them productivity. The government gives them ambition because the government comes up with the ideas of how you should live your life. And Donald Trump is, I'm going to clear all this noise out of the way, the regulations, the decision of how much of your money you make the decision on. I'm going to make sure that if there's any money taken out of your check, it will only be 15% of your dollar. The other 85%, you get to make the decision how that money gets spent. Together, we'll bargain trade and we'll supply costs and demand on that interaction. And that will allow for growth, prosperity and upper mobility because we will provide for most people to be able to keep their money that they make and go out into the barter system. And the demand from exchange will breed and it will feed the growth and prosperity of the population. So that's his approach of that. So you're not choosing between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton or Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. You're choosing between your money, you making the most decisions for every dollar you make, or the government is making the decision for every dollar you make. And I said this in previous um, podcasts, but I wanted to, you know, I have no idea how I'm going to feel about Donald Trump losing tomorrow. I really don't. I see it coming. I see the little weird, corrupt things that are going on. Listen to me, people. The whole point of voting is that every citizen has one vote. If 80% of the states in our government, in our country, allow people to vote without an ID, that means that you can walk up to a person that's doing a voter registration, put their name down, put their address down. They will log them into the voter registration. They don't look at their social security number. It's just they, they, they log them into the voter registration and then they can go actually vote without showing AID. So 80% of the United States of America, you can go vote without showing a voter's ID. Two to four million people vote that are dead. When we allowed, I don't, I can't imagine, and it's both parties. They're they they're so ridiculous, and they're so slimy. 
But when we allow one person to vote without showing their ID, we effectively made the voting system fraudulent. The whole point of voting to have yourself represented as you gave that vote, that today you voted. You got out of bed, you went to the voting poll, you show valid identification that you're you and you voted. But if 80% of our population can vote without showing a voter ID or a driver's license or a state ID, it is unbelievable. How can you say that's not a corrupt system? How is that suppressing a vote? Black people couldn't vote and then we fought and bled and died to vote. And now you don't even want to be counted as you voted. You don't you you don't want to be represented that you went to the voter booth, show your identification and no one can place a vote without you. When a person doesn't vote, they we should know when they didn't vote. Because we should know the accurate percentage of the voters, our population that voted, because we know when we don't vote. We should have a tally when we don't vote. We ain't got to know who you voted for, but to know that you voted, it should be you that represent yourself. And there's only one way to represent yourself as a, that you voted with a, a valid ID. But we got lazy and corrupt. And the worst thing about American people, even the human race, is that it's amazing what we can get used to. And if something becomes the norm, it's never questioned. It just becomes, oh, well, that's, I don't think it's no problem that people vote without a voter ID. Yes, it is. There's no guarantee in that scenario. If if a DOJ or, or, or city, state government, if they don't decide to vet every single voter that votes by swiping their license and their ID to represent them, if we don't vet that, if the states don't vet that, if the government doesn't vet it or the, the process doesn't vet that, you cannot guarantee me that this is a sound election today, this election or any election before. But look at us. We're going to go vote tomorrow and we're going to hope that it's somewhat legitimate as much as we possibly can. Only way that Donald Trump wins is if he gets 70 million votes. That means I'm 100 percent for sure that President Obama, Hillary Clinton, Democrat Party and the corrupt financiers, George Soros to the to the media to all the people i'm pretty sure they got their thumb on the scale for about a good i'll say three to five percent to guarantee that they're three to five percent up he will have to win like a good five to eight percent in order to beat her for sure no matter what tricks and sleazy things that they did he will have to have that big of a win and that guarantees his loss that it would have to be that big of a win. But this is all hypothetical. I know you, people, you guys might be listening to this and saying, well, there's a lot of conspiracy theory and weirdness there. But I'm telling you, if you paid attention, this whole thing, not read the newspaper and take it, take their word for um, gospel, not look at CNN and take their word for gospel, not look at Fox News and take their word for gospel, not look at talk radio and take their word for gospel. There's been a lot of messy, corrupt and nasty trickery going on. Even people that support Trump has been doing a lot of backhand supporting 
a lot of backhand supporting. They want to tell him how to, when he should stay on talking points or when he should allow somebody to hit him with an allegation and him not fight back and all this different stuff. And they always got opinions on what he should do when he's losing a ton of dough, sacrificing himself for a cause to help America put itself back on some kind of balance street or let's say some kind of to put itself back on his feet. He's taken so the loss that Donald Trump has taken. You guys should they everybody should just leave him alone and allow for him to run his run his campaign as the way that he needed to. Manafort he would have never been a part of Donald Trump's campaign if it wasn't for the GOP wanting someone uh, establishment credentials to come into the campaign to manage it. He compromised with the Republican Party so much that most of it hurt him. The never Trumpers are a relentless. All they're trying to do is affect him to about 3%. And that's all they want. They know that that's a guaranteed loss for him. If he lose 3% of the vote because people saying he's morally unfit. He's, he's, you, listen, you, you knuckleheads out there. President of the United States. It is a common idea that you will want them to be like this holier than thou and these, this angel. But the president of the United States, if he's not a murderer and a criminal, then all you want him to do is to uphold the law of the Constitution and to administrate the protection of the country. That's all you want him to do. Anything else he can experiment with. But his job is to uphold the Constitution and to protect the country. Not to supply education, not to put food on, in somebody's stomach, not to get people off the street, not to do all. These are great things that presidents put themselves into and, um, and have a voice for and try to figure out some kind of way to solve these issues. But that it was not the job they were entitled to do. But what we get used to, everyone are working out of their parameter because we got used to everyone going out of their parameter. That's another story, and I'll talk to you about that later. But um, I just wanted to do this individual perspective moment before the 2016 presidential election polls open. I just wanted to do this and say, um, it's too late, I know. I know that Democrats feel that um, they got to fight the Republicans. And no matter what, the goal is to beat the Republicans. And they do. And the Democrats, they do it well. They're unmerciful. They don't flinch. The Republicans, they flinch. They get squeamish. Now, Donald Trump, he knew that the, he knew the fight. He knew his, he knew how dirty politics is. So when he came in, he just started clubbing. Why? Because he knew you have to dirty up these princey people clothing. You have to dirty them up. They think too highly of themselves. So you have to belittle them. You have to bring them down to a, a average person's value ground level. To make them feel not so, how can I say, untouchable. So that's why he came in and that's why he, your name was never too big for him to embarrass you or speak truth to power to you or to really hit you with a brutal analyzation. But I know it's I, I, I know it's the my fellow black Americans, you just so sad. 
President Obama goes out and calls Donald Trump a racist. Obama's a racist. He's a racist. Obama decided that Senator Robert Byrd was good enough for him to be the first black American president and him to do his obituary. Though he was only a grand master Ku Klux Klan member up to his 50s, early 60s. The rest of his life, he was a, a fair, interesting guy. Before he died, he had an interview where he, the discussion with the interviewee was that, um, I'm going to say something very harsh, but um, I have to put it in your head so you can have the accuracy of it. Well, Robert Byrd had an interview on a network where Robert Byrd, he wanted to, he felt like, oh, black people are not the only people that could be niggers. It could be white niggers. And that's what he said. That was close before he died. And this is the guy that Obama stood up, did his obituary, spoke very highly. I listened to the whole obituary speech and he spoke highly of that man. He mentioned like, oh, he had a, um, a wild past, but we all have wild pasts. He was a Grandmaster Ku Klux Klan member in his 30s and 40s and 50s. Meaning when he was a young Ku Klux Klan member in his 20s, 30s and 40s, he was very active. God knows the dirty stuff that he witnessed and he did in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. But if you want to praise Obama by Obama taking this man with his horrible past, he's deciding to forgive this man. You don't know the dirt that's on this man's hands, the blood that's on this man's hands. So by you not knowing the facts of that, it doesn't allow for you to be the first black president giving him a total pass on it. But that's how important Robert Byrd was in the Democratic Party. He had power in the Democratic Party that even the first black American president felt indebted to him, no matter what his racist past was or was up to the day he died. And it's amazing that you, you don't have Donald Trump going to a Ku Klux Klan member's funeral. You don't have photos with Donald Trump with a Ku Klux Klan member. You don't have... Donald Trump speaking highly of a Ku Klux Klan member. If you listen to my previous episodes, and you should go back and listen to it, he denounced David Duke millions of times. He felt that it's starting to belittle him that he's got to even answer that question every single day. So he decided to not take CNN stuff and he decided to pass on and just move on through the topics. But what he didn't know, it was a setup. Every single time they ask you, do you denounce David Duke? You have to say yes. Every single time. Because the one time you don't say it, that's all they've been waiting for and they've been praying for. And they use that as a, 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 an attack ad, an attack on you. Anyone says that that situation that he didn't denounce David Duke, they're trying to manipulate you. But you could be manipulated because even the things that I'm telling you now, you haven't vetted. And it's easy to find this stuff out. But listen to my previous episode and I go walk you through this stupid denouncing David Duke stuff. But who do you love the most? Donald Trump denouncing David Duke every single time someone asks him about David Duke or any other Ku Klux Klan member. And the one time he doesn't do it because he's he feels that he's getting disrespected by being called a racist even after he denounced him. 
or a black American president that goes to a grandmaster Ku Klux Klan member's funeral and talks highly of him because it's political power that helped him. And do you want to nag about him being born in Kenya and Donald Trump forcing him to show his birth certificate? When Barack Hussein Obama released his first book, Dreams of My Father, the publication wanted to put a bio booklet of all their authors into a booklet form. So Obama in the publication wrote up a bio for Obama. And in that bio, Obama approved in the bio. It says Barack Hussein Obama, born in Kenya, traveled to India and raised in Hawaii, graduate of Harvard Law and blah, 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 blah. And, and if you read that, which probably pull them off the shelf, they probably don't even have the digital where you can go to the publication and get it. But even him for a publication to make his bio interesting to investors that look at the booklet, he allowed himself to be said that he was born in Kenya. How do we find out about this, this little bio situation? Hillary Clinton used it as a fundraiser tool in 2007 when she was running against him for the presidential election of 2008. That's fact. But a lot of this stuff, I don't want to get you guys confused because we're going way off the rails. But it's, it's, it's a lot of information that you look for the media to give you and give it to you fact. But now the media is surrounded with giving you a pundit that tells you their opinion that's on the right, that's on the left, that's conservative, that's liberal. And no one's fact checking any of these people that's giving their opinion. So when you take in the information, it's all accurate. That is fact-based analysis. It's objective. You have no one to give you objective analysis of even the, the back and forth with the analysts or the, the surrogates or the strategists from either or party or political ideological point of view. But I'm going to end this by saying that I truly believe the worst thing that ever happened to our country was liberalism and conservatism. Those two ideological point of views are OK to be a idea inside our country. But they're terrible as point of views of how you run a free American country. Our country was supposed to be free from ideological point of views. You can have your point of view in your life and how you run your life and everything. But it is not to be infringed on someone else's right. It is not to be a referendum on someone else's point of view. It's not to be a blunted tool to make a person take in your personal ideological point of view liberalism feels that the moral justification of leave no one behind that we all are our brother's keeper and the conservatism is that their christian values and their family oriented values are with all moral people should hold each other up to that standard but the constitution says that you come up with your own personal values your own view of life and if you're not committing any crime or infringing on someone else's rights the country is open for you to practice your life your way I hope I made sense with that, but I'm going to end this by saying um, 2016 is when America lost its character. 
is when it's shot too much into the arm to ever come back. America is a junkie now. Or maybe, maybe there are independent individual citizens that fight for individuality and individual constitutional rights. Thank you for listening to this individual perspective podcast moment. And I want you guys to come and take a look at the little things that we started doing at Darisite Entertainment. That's D-A-R-I-S-S-I-G-H-T entertainment.com. You can look us up at our Facebook page also. We have a Twitter handle at D-A-R-I-S-S-I-G-H-T. That's at Darisite. Um, if you go to the website and at the bottom it has an info email address or you can click on the contact link and send us some comments and everything but uh, we're getting started and I hope you guys stay tuned for the more content that we have at Darisite Entertainment an individual perspective podcast and the individual perspective umbrella keep in touch have a good day and go vote